and welcome to another Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Verziel, and I have my man Sia Najat here. There is no more Jason, so nobody has to worry. Sia, how you doing today, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, man. I want to know how the bachelor party was. Clearly, you um you took an ill-fated decision or you lost a hey, bet. Like what, what happened here with the mustache? Now. No, I'm I'm the biggest fan of my mustache. I'm the biggest fan of my mustache. I most, love it. Most people I, with mustaches are the biggest fan of their mustache. Yes, I would have one every single day of my life if I could. Um, you know, that whole, you know, as you said, I was at the bachelor party. So it's that whole marriage thing that kind of gets in the way is what I'm finding out. But no, I would keep it. I I rock it. You know, my confidence level is through the roof when I have this thing on. There's sincerely, man, there's nothing else like it. So hopefully, hopefully, I don't know, we figure it out one of these days and I can find a way to keep it forever. But until then. I, uh, I, I get special occasions. I get to take it out. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully everybody else likes it as much as I do. So, so Michael, we got a bunch of sports to talk about. I think we're yep. going to lead maybe with PGA, get into some NFL, some really good NFL stuff. And then we're mm-hmm. going to go, we're going to go into MLB, but, but just tell me real quick, how was it? Can you, can you just tell everybody? Cause when people say bachelor party, they assume like yes. debauchery and strip clubs and all this stuff. Can you, can you just set up the scene for what you did? Cause it was obviously so we different. Went- yeah, it was very different. We went to a house in the mountains, essentially. I wouldn't even call them mountains. I'd really just call them hills, like bigger hills, like slightly <laughs> bigger hills. Uh, we went to a house. We uh, got a lot of beer. I will say that. Uh, we got a lot of grilled meats, and we had a bunch of yard games. So, you know, you do that for a few days in a row. Things start to get a little weird, let's be honest. But other than that, it was an absolute wonderful time i appreciate all my friends and i'm i missed you i will not lie uh, thursday <laughs> night around like 8 30 i got this weird antsy feeling i was like what am i not doing right now and i looked down at my clock um which i probably didn't do most of the day and i realized i miss you and i'm back here now and I, I feel bad i left you with jason i know he messed everything up but we'll we'll get to that some other time i guess you know jason wasn't bad actually but he's no he's no michael Raziel, and so we're, we're happy to have you back Look at this mustache. Come on. Everyone was making fun of or everyone like Nick's mustache. This one's a little bit better. But for the, for the record, I, I am just going to, you know, skip over the fact that you said, you know, after a day or two, things got a little weird. Like you just kind of yada, 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 like yeah. uh, something that might have been like interesting, no. maybe controversial or or like weird. I don't, I don't know what that was. So uh, it, it is Tuesday. So we're getting ready to uh, talk some sports. Baseball's coming back. So we're very excited to talk about that. We want to remind everybody of some of our uh, favorite over under for season totals um a couple of those teams that we like hint they're all in that central region uh most of them are at least and but first we got to start with pga we have the 3m open Uh, i love all these names these make me laugh every single time which company sponsors what but we got the 3m open we have a if i'm not mistaken a watered down field was i think the word you used in your article which by the way Everything's not free on Win Daily Sports anymore, guys. We're sorry. Sports are back. Yeah, we 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 gave everyone everything for so long, and uh, we finally had to put that paywall up a little bit. But you know what you can do, Sia? Yes, you can sign up. And it, what is it still twenty three cents to sign up for the first twenty three cents for the first month? So. There are still free articles. We're going to have a free article every single day. So don't worry. We're still going to get you some content. But Sia right now, he's so, well, damn good looking, but so damn good. That 23 cents, you get all of Sia's articles. You get all of all Brian's articles. We're very excited to have picks and pivots on our team. You got the Discord. You got the projection model. So it's a lot more, not just Sia's articles. Granted, I know you would pay $20 for Sia's articles, but... There's a lot of other stuff that come with it, and we're very excited to get back into sports and start providing all that content still as well. But anyway, without further ado, let's talk about the 3M Open, or whatever it's called. 
Yeah, the, yeah. I don't mean you know, you're right. Some of these names can get really like the waste yeah. management is it was always like well, kind of a funny one. I um, so sorry diversion. I went to that one uh, out in Arizona once. That's awesome. Um, you want to talk about a bachelor party, dude? That place was bananas. But that's again, I don't want to talk too much about it. But maybe you and I can talk off screen. How's that sound? If you're ever going to go to a golf tournament that's not like your standard golf tournament, you, that's the one to go to. I mean, oh my, my friends God. go out there every year. They they get like tickets to like the the grandstands. I believe it's on 17. Uh, and is it 17? Whatever. Whatever it is, and it's 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 a fun it's time. A, it's a blast. Had an absolute blast. But okay, now let's actually talk about the 3M Open. So yeah, watered down field, right? So you know, it's not a particularly challenging course. There is water in a lot of places, but you know, on most of the holes, water really isn't a threat. So what what, what but, was that? But um tis. I don't even I didn't even get my play on words. What did I do? Oh, I thought you meant it was a watered down field as if like the the talent was I'm slow today. Oh, I'm no, slow no. today. The talent yeah. was watered down, but then there's water all over. Okay. We're 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 rocking it. 5 minutes in, man. I'm feeling this one. This is going to be fun. Clicking on all cylinders, clearly. Clicking. I'm just going to use analogies for the rest of the show. Water down. It. Um so anyway, so so what what we have is like a f- few guys at the top. And then there's a huge gap from from like your top echelon guys. A lot of these guys are taking this week off to prepare for a couple tournaments down the way, including a major in a couple weeks. So you got Brooks Kepka, you got Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau, if you want to call him an elite name, which he's not really, but he is in this tournament. And uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Paul Casey, they round out the 10,000 and above range. So the tricky thing with this one, though, is because you only have so many household names. So when you're when you're building your quote player pool, you're going to find that your player pool is a little bit bigger this week than, or just inevitably, you're going to want to include so many more guys because you're just so unsure about those guys in the seven and the eight K and even the nine K range. So kind of keep that in mind. You are going to have to narrow it down a little bit unless you're really diversifying and you're making 150 lineups and this kind of thing. But at a certain point, if you're just entering like 10 lineups, you're really going to have to start narrowing it down. And I'm hoping this helps in doing that. I've already done an article. I know Patrick has, has published an article. We either have another one coming out tonight, but we definitely have at least two more coming out tomorrow with, with player picks. So you can kind of take our work and see what we have overlapping, kind of like understand our rationale. And then once you do that, we all go into Discord. Every single golf writer is in Discord all day Wednesday. Well, some of us are in there all day. Some of us aren't. But Wednesday night for sure, mm-hmm. we're all in there and we're all kind of breaking down to the extent we have, the extent the writers have differences. You know, we kind of hash them out and we kind of come out with like a core group of players. So please keep that in mind. When you sign up for 23 cents, if you haven't already, yes, it really truly is 23 cents, by the way. And uh, you get into Discord and you get to talk to all of us. And some of the subscribers have a lot of good knowledge too. So mm-hmm. uh, let's start though with that 10K above range and I'll, I'll do this a little quicker than i normally do I, I don't really know that i'm in love with anybody but i do know that dj is the class of this field and i do know that dj on a good day is better than all of these golfers especially because brooks kepka still has some sort of lingering knee issue yeah. that we're just not really sure about so i really like tommy fleetwood as well but he hasn't really been playing so that's kind of a, a, an issue there you know people are going to take a chance on all these guys and honestly dj's price tag being 11.5 i thought people were going to kind of stay away from him because it's such a heavy price tag. DJ doesn't impress most people as from an elite, you know, uh, a top tier standpoint. Mm-hmm. And by the way, he shot back-to-back 80s at the Mor- Memorial last week when you were having your bachelor party. Basically, DJ may as well have been where you were because he wasn't really on the golf course, at least not upstairs. But what do we know about DJ? Did you like that, by the way? I did. I was going to ask if Paulina could have come. Um, That's a good question. We might have to clear that with Wayne. I okay. don't know. 
We'll yeah. So next time. But next but time. but the thing is, like with DJ, and this is why we won on him eighty to one a few weeks ago at the Traveler. It's because he can kind of turn it on and off. Like he he's so even keel. And honestly, when he had a, a bad day one at the Memorial, it kind of seemed like a situation where he was just going to mail it in the rest of the way because mm-hmm. that's so classic DJ. So I actually like him this week in that elite range. DJ's probably my favorite guy. Unfortunately. His ownership percentage is starting to creep up. I thought it would be low. I thought because of the price tag and all the other stuff I mentioned, that would be like 13, 14%. I'm wrong. It, it started out at around 15, 16%, and it's going up to 20%. So I think what people are doing is they're grabbing DJ first, and then they're kind of building the rest of their lineup. I'll tell you, Brooks Kepka is only 9% right now, which is, you know, if you wanted to take a chance on Brooks, mm-hmm. I guess this would be the time to do it. I mean, you know, you got to remember this is a watered down field. So if Brooks gets hot, you know, it's possible. I'm off Tony Finau. Great week last week. I'm just off him. I'm usually off him. So I'll stay consistent there. I do like Fleetwood. And one thing I want to point out with Fleetwood, his ownership percentage is even higher than DJ's. It's one of the highest in that in that top range, him and Casey. But Fleetwood is in a charity match, which will air on Golf Channel 3 to 5 on Wednesday. So before the tournament starts. So normally I wouldn't really care about that. He's playing the back nine. It's scramble format. You know, for a guy that like we don't know what his form is, it actually mm-hmm. will be helpful to watch that. Not just watch him play, but honestly, like, you know, he might have an interview. We might hear the mm-hmm. announcers like talk about what he's actually been doing, stuff that we might be not be able to find on the internet. So you can kind of plan, you know, to watch that and see how you feel about it. I know I'll have I don't know what's gonna happen, but I know I'll have my impressions as to whether or not I'll be maybe a, a little fewer shares or a little, you know, more shares. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a cool thing that, you know, there's only four players playing in that charity match. He happens to be one of them. So check it out or at least, you know, get in Discord, ask us how it went because I'm going to be on Fleetwood, but something might change my mind that day and you will kind of see. So that's that's the 10K range just in summary. I like DJ more than anybody and I'm probably going to be on Fleetwood next. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a huge argument against any of the other guys, but I'm not grabbing a lot of guys in this range. So it's just probably going to be them too. And so, so with Tommy Fleetwood, I love that insight that, you know, Hey, you can, you, you come here, you find out he's going to do a little charity match. He's only playing nine holes, but as you said, like, it's something you can kind of see him a little bit you, because we haven't seen him in a while. When was the last time this guy was in a tournament? It was before the restart. I'd have to look. I think it was maybe the Arnold Palmer invitational uh, or, or the Sony, but it's, I mean, we haven't seen him uh, not even on the Euro tour. We haven't seen him in many months play golf. So yeah, right. Like, yeah. That's, that's a long time. Him and there's a few guys that just haven't played. Adam Scott is another, you know, top mm-hmm. player that hasn't played. Fleetwood is at least back this week. I assume mm-hmm. Adam Scott's coming back for the major. I, I don't know that for a fact. But the thing about Fleetwood, he's a great ball striker. And again, when you have a watered down field and and this is a ball striking course, like most are, of course, but you know, his approach game is is fantastic. And he just sets up this this course just really sets up well for him. So if he's on his game, He's probably going to be there in the top five on Sunday because he he only has a limited number of players to contend with. Let's mm-hmm. from an elite you know yeah. player standpoint. So yeah, that's it's when you said his name, I was like, man, I haven't heard that name in forever. And and we've been doing this. I don't know when did golf start back up again, like April. So it's it's been a long time. It feels like, but hey, he's back. And if you think it's worthy to grab a little bit of him, I mean, shoot, can't hurt to grab a little bit of him, right? So we're looking in the comment section, and this is another reason I like Fleetwood, of course. Um, so Austin has has come in and told you he loves the mustache. Let, uh, I mean, that might, hey, listen, it might be sarcasm. It might not be like who's, who's to yeah, say, right? You can't tell. Like the, the typeface doesn't have like italics or something. So <laughs> so maybe it's not sarcasm. But they also said it's a stellar hair day. And we all know that I have amazing hair, but Tommy mm-hmm. Fleetwood has even better hair. So I have to wow. support my hair brethren. And Tommy Fleetwood is one of them, one of those men. 
Have you ever said hair brethren before in like a sentence? First time, long yeah. time, my friend. All First right. time, long time. Look at yeah. you, man. Look at you. I gotta be honest. It felt pretty good to say that. It so sound, off, off the tip of your tongue, it sounded really good, man. Um <laughs> that's that's fantastic. And that was the 10k range you said, right? Correct. Right. Yes. Let's let's hop down. Let's go to those nines. Cause as you said, this is gonna be a weird field. So I'm curious if we're doing a couple of those top dudes and we're going down to the barrel, or I'm I'm curious how you're gonna build this. This is always fun for me. This is interesting because this 9k range is gonna be they're not household names, but they're gonna be super chalky because they're the right price considering their talent level versus the people in the mm-hmm. eight and the seven K range. So, you know, this is kind of a watch out. Like it's gonna be very easy to be contrarian here, but it's not gonna be easy to be contrarian at this level. What I mean by that is get you you're going to be able to get contrarian in your seven and your 6k level mm-hmm. but here is where you're you're scooping up all your chalk in a cash game like this is like not necessarily where to start but you want to grab a guy or two from this range for sure Bubba watson is the only guy that's probably not going to be chalky but i gotta say um isaiah was talking about this with our with our golf group earlier today and i think you know steven agreed as well um uh, he he's been ball striking it better than really he has in kind of a couple of years. So he's mm-hmm. like, like last week he was good. He was really good ball striking, but he was bad with his putter and around the green. So this guy has like plenty of potential. I'm never on Bubba, but if you wanted to make a contrarian play from this range, Bubba would actually be the guy he's tracking at like 11, 12%. So that's really not bad considering the next few guys I'm going to talk about are all over 15% essentially. Matthew Wolf is one of those guys. I'm not on him. Lucas Glover's 22%. He's just been kind of like rock solid. He, he was good last week at the Memorial. He's been top 25, I believe, his last five tournaments. I don't know. Last week, I don't think he finished top 25, but the four tournaments before that, he was top 25. Great ball striker. He, he fits all the... Th- the thing about him is I don't think his win equity is that great. He usually fades on Saturdays and Sundays. He's still good, but he's not great. And so I'm not really on Lucas Glover. I understand why people would, but considering he's chalk and considering there's other guys in this range I like, I'm probably off Glover. I'll go quickly uh, through the, the rest of the 9K range. I like Russell Henley. Um, his off the, you know, he's not a household name by any means. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't have any idea who that guy is. Exactly. So off the tee, he's great. Approach, he's great. He was seventh at workday. So that was just two weeks ago. He was seventh. That was a pretty decent field. Mm-hmm. 32nd at the Travelers. Like he's definitely like peaking at the right time. Great ball striker. There's really nothing not to like about him other than the fact that he's not a household name. He's he's around the 15% ownership range, which isn't too bad. You know, whatever. It's more than you think, but yeah. that's not bad. Um, Harris English is the next guy. Like he's going to be chalky, probably around 20%. Um, four of the last five tournaments, he's finished in the top 20. Excellent ball striker. There's really nothing bad to say about Harris English. He did burn some people with a missed cut. Um, I think right when the restart mm-hmm. happened and, you know, they, he burned me too, by the way, but this is a guy I'm going to be on. A lot of people are on Eric Van Royen. I'm not going to be one of them. He has ties to Minnesota and probably ties to this course. He's super chalk at 23%. I think people are just going with the narrative of he knows this place. He knows this course. Mm-hmm. He's from here. He's going to want to do well. I like narratives, but that's not a road I'm, I'm willing to travel down. So uh, if, if 23% are on Eric Van Royen, I am firmly off him 100%. I'm not, yeah. I'm not down with that. By the way, he's, he's 8,800, so I just accidentally dipped in, into the 8,800 range, but, but that's the 9K range. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I don't really know who any of those guys are. I know we've talked about Harris English before. I know we've talked about Matt Wolf. Whoever that last guy was, I, I honestly don't think you've ever said his name to me. Um, and neither well, is my grandpa. So that means I've probably <laughs> never heard the guy's name. He goes by EVR. And so if I've ever, if I've ever referred to him, much like I referred to, you know, Harold Vaughn the third as HB3, hashtag RG3, hashtag, what is that? Like a thousand shows in a row. I love it. Yeah, anyway, the point is, like he goes that. by EVR. You I knew that was like, coming. God damn it. I knew that was coming. <laughs> Once you went to an acronyms, uh, oh man, I knew that was coming. You got me, Sia. 
I thought it was it was a clever way. It wasn't even in football, so I appreciate that. I right. appreciate when it's a little bit more fun like this. But yeah, Mr. Whoever, Griffin, I hope you're listening. Yes, come on the podcast. Um, that is that's damn. You got me all flustered now. I don't know what to do. Anyway, whatever. Go on to the next range. I don't even. I don't even care. So we're in the 8K range. I've already talked about EVR, <laughs> and the next guy up is is a guy that we've heard a lot about because I hit an outright here. This is one of the outrights I hit in back to back weeks just a couple weeks ago. So you know, I had that DJ 80 to one. Four days later, I'm picking a first-round leader. It's Doc Redmond at 50 to 1 and bang. So I'll be on Doc Redmond as a first-round leader again. I believe it's 60 to 1 this week, which is pretty cool that it's worse odds than it was the first time. But anyway, you know, listen, the the guy's metrics are amazing. He's going to be super chalk as well. He's going to be like 25%. So I'm not going to be overweight on him. I'm going to have some shares of him, but not a ton. But listen, he's good off the tee. He's great on approach. Last week, he was bad, but he was bad with his putter. It was hard to putt last week. He was bad around the greens. The the, the rough was high. Like There was a lot of reasons why you would be bad with your short game last week, and and that's what Doc Redman was. He's not going to have to worry about that here. So in a cash game, Doc Redman is is like a super lock as far as I'm concerned. Um, He has a legitimate opportunity. When I talk about win equity and and upside, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll take Doc Redman over Lucas Glover. Lucas Glover, maybe, I mean, you could argue he's the better golfer, but I just think he wilts late, and I I, mm-hmm. I feel like Doc Redman is more on the rise, and Glover's just more on on an even playing field. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's eighty seven hundred. I'm going to skip over Henrik Norlander. He's been hot. I'm not on him this week. Sam Burns is an interesting play. He's kind of chalky too. This is um this is a course that's going to have three par fives that are like kind of gettable that you can get to the green into. Sam Burns mm-hmm. is one of those guys, much like DJ. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys off the top of my head that can Luke list is another one of those guys that can b- maybe get there into um, Burns is one of those guys. So if, if you're looking for like, e- you know, Eagle opportunity uh, Burns is your guy. And and I would have no problem with anybody that w- wanted to be on Burns again, not a household name list is the next guy down there. He's been hot. I'm not on him. Brandon Todd is on here, but um, I actually, he withdrew. So there's really nobody else in the eight K range. I like other than potentially Max Homa who has missed a thousand cuts in a row. Yeah, and had, has, hasn't he? And everybody's been on him. But you remember a couple of weeks ago, I told you I wasn't on him and, and mm-hmm. that the industry was sort of catching up. And, and that was right when I was going to be exiting. So it's worked out for me. But I got to say, in this tournament with this field, knowing that he is he's very cognizant of the fact that he's missing these cuts because he sort of said that on Twitter. So mm-hmm. if he was going to make a cut, it would be here. But are you going to pay 8000 for a guy just to make the cut in this field? Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really sure the upside is still there like it was very early in the year. So mm. I'll have a few shares of him, but uh, not too impressed. That ends the uh, 8K range. And you love Max Homa. That's just crazy. I do. And I, I know do. you said a couple of weeks ago you were off of him and, and you know, you, you gave your reasons. And hey, look at that. CEO is right about golf again, guys. But it's just one of those things that it is it is crazy that. You know, he's he's been pretty bad uh, for the last few weeks, at least. So hopefully he can figure it out. And you're, you're right. I mean, if there's a cut to make, uh, who are some of those 9K guys again? Like, I mean, who the hell are we playing in this field? If this dude can't make it now, I mean, I I don't know, man. That's, That's true. Bad. Yeah. That's bad. But um, so, yeah, it doesn't sound like there's too much in the 8K range either. Uh, like, like, what do I'm really confused on? Are we just going Dustin Johnson and hoping he wins this whole thing at this point? Like, I want to hear the rest, but it's it's a weird field, man. Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, th- there's plenty in the 8K range, but it, it it just depends on which range you want to fade. You know, you mm-hmm. can you can fade that top range where DJ and Kepgar, you can fade that that 9K range, or you can fade this 8K range. I mean, I think you're probably better off taking like a DJ or a Paul Casey or, you know, somebody like that, a Tommy Fleetwood, and then maybe just like skipping over the 9K range and grabbing a couple guys like 
Doc Redmond, for example, mm-hmm. or if you like Lucas Glover. Mm-hmm. And then you'll have some room left if you grab a couple of those guys to get like an 8,000 guy and a couple 7,000 7, guys, which would be a pretty good lineup. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's nobody, there's no range here where you're like, oh, I have to have that guy. Yeah. That's just not a thing. So, you know, look where the ownership leverage might be a little bit. And then just kind of hope and pray that your 7K guys, or maybe if you dip down to 6K range guys, actually make the cut, which, you know, there's plenty of guys that can and will. So if you if you hit those, you're going to be good. I wouldn't worry so much about the top range. I think a lot of those guys are safe to make the cut. Okay. Okay. And it's just about said, win not, equity at that point. Yeah. We don't, we don't like, obviously we need to make the cut. The only way you can get in the top five, top 10 is if you make the cut, but that's not where we're not going to pay $8,000 for Max Homa to barely make the cut. And it's, you know, such a, a watered down, Field, yeah. Remember, remember that joke That's from twenty minutes ago. That's that was good. a good joke. It's that fantastic. Joke. Um, it's just the mustache. I'll be honest. So. That's the 8K range. Um, I'm really excited to get to the 6K range. So let's do the 7K range because I think the uh, I think we might have another secret weapon in, uh, in our back yeah, but, pocket this week. But 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 you know I don't advertise. I don't promote the secret I, weapon. We got to talk about it a little right, bit. Like we're not going to say who it is. They have to you know hop into the Discord, which is still free for three days. Right? Like it's 23 cents to get everything on the site, but you can hop into the Discord for three free for three days still. And CC is a secret weapon. But we'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to there it. There you go. I like that. All right, so listen, we are in the 7K range right now. Uh, not too impressed with the top of that range. I'll, I will say that Sepp Straka has been really good lately. He's definitely not a household name, but he's been firing lately. Jonathan Vegas is at the top of this range. I actually like him as a first-round leader, but I don't like him to keep it up for four days. So I won't have him in my player pool, but I'm I'm unloading on a first-round leader bet with him. He's one of like four guys I have in my first-round leader bets that I'll, mm-hmm. I'll discuss at the very end yep. of this. Um, the rest of the 7K range, I might take a flyer on, on Cabrera Bayo. You know I'm kind of big on him. I mention him mm-hmm. a lot. He's among players that just aren't very good. He's been very bad ball striking, but this guy has been elite in the past. And, and if you're going to take a flyer on somebody in this 7K range, I mean, he's not he's like 5% ownership. So he's a guy you can get leverage on. And if he finds the Cabrera Bayo of old, like you've got something there. Um, the next guy down from him, though, I do like, and that's Scott Stallings. Um, mm. He can get hot when it matters. He's been pretty decent since the restart. And, uh, you know, I've had him in some lineups that he's really helped me like two and three weeks ago. So I do like him there. Um, Troy Merritt's another guy I like at 7,500. Uh, he's made four of his last five cuts. Um, he's just kind of, he's not a household name yet, which I love because it should keep his ownership relatively low. And he's just been good. He's been good with elite competition. Uh, so I like him. Uh, he was top 10 at the Rocket Mortgage, I believe. And he was 32nd or 32nd, maybe 22nd at the workday. So he's been, he's been good. He's finished in top yeah. 25. So, um, he's looking at like five, 6% ownership. So that talk about ownership leverage. I mean, this is a guy that's been competing near the top and you can get him at 5% in this field. Yeah. Sign me up for that. Uh, Brandon Grace, I'm going to mention, cause he was a late entry to the field. There was a couple withdrawals. Mm-hmm. So he might be a good guy at 7,500 to just throw in a lineup or two. Uh, the last guy I'm going to mention in the seven K range or one of the last guys, uh, Richie Wierenski, speaking of secret weapon, two weeks ago, he was my secret weapon. And by cut day, he was in the top 10. FYI, last week, my secret weapon was Chez Reevy. Uh, again, these are guys that are less than 5% owned, that the industry is not on, that are also in the 6K range. So my last two weeks were the only two weeks I've done this, and I've like fired on these guys. Mm-hmm. And it helped out a lot of our subscribers, it's helped me out, helped a lot of our writers out. So Pretty happy about that. Wierenski's just been very good lately. I'll just keep it simple on him. He's going to be about 11 12% owned, maybe a little bit higher, 13%, but he's 7,400. It's good value. He's made four of his last four cuts. He's just another one of those guys like Troy Merritt. He's not a household name yet, but he's just making cuts, and he's competing on, on Saturdays and Sundays. So 
I'll mention one other guy in the 7K range, and that is probably going to be Cameron Tringal. I, I do like him, and I like Chase Seifert mm-hmm. at 7,000. He's been pretty good lately as well. Tringal's just very good with his iron play, um, and he usually pays off. And this is a fair price for him for sure at 7,200. Yeah, you've re- you, I've, I've heard Tringal's name multiple times. You've definitely brought him up. He's done some things, done some hasn't done some other things. But say that other gentleman's name, Cameron Seifert? Oh, no, Chase Seifert. That's even cooler. Chase yeah. Seifert? That's so freaking cool. What a name. It sounds like a video game name. It doesn't yeah, right? Real. Sounds like he's in Tron or some shit. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Throwback. Um, all right. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll be honest. I usually have more questions, but I have no idea who most of these people are. And you've been doing a great job at explaining this. So, I don't really think I'm needed at this point. I just want to get to the secret weapon part of the program. So, let's do it, man. I don't know. If you have anything else on the 7K, guys, let's talk about it. But if not, let's just rock and roll. No, and I'll just mention a few 6K guys uh, because, listen, the, the reality, especially with the watered-down field, watered-down, mm-hmm. yeah. you don't really want to go into this range because this is like, you know, the 6K range maybe three weeks ago where the, the talent level was high. Like, there were some really, like, legitimate mm-hmm. golfers in that range. Yeah. I'm not saying these guys are not legitimate, but, I mean, there's not much reason since since it's very easy to sort of fade the top or fade some guys at the top. I don't know that you need to go this low. But there are some, quote, diamonds in the rough. One of them is Chesson Hadley. I've been on him the last few weeks. It's paid off and it's not paid off, to be honest with you. But he's a great ball striker. He's one of the better ball strikers in this entire field. He just can't put his game together. And he's just another one of those guys that, like, uh, if I see good approach stats and I see that he's good off the tee and he's only 6,900, yeah, you can sign me up for that. So he's probably my favorite guy in the 6,000 range. He's looking like he's tracking towards 10% ownership, which is kind of a lot for this range. But Nothing really to worry about. Again, there's plenty of places to find your ownership leverage, and 10% mm-hmm. isn't bad anyway. Um, a couple other guys I like. I like Stuart Sink at 6,600. Um, he's just been pretty good lately. Uh, decent ball striker. Not amazing off the tee or anything. But, you know, again, we're talking 6,600. Mm-hmm. Danny Lee I kind of like at 6,700. Um, although he's coming off um, – Stephen was, was talking to me about this. He's coming off an ankle injury, and that might be a problem. Might be something to look – into a little bit, but Danny Lee at 6,700 makes some sense. I'm going to save my secret weapon. I'll be honest. I'm debating between two guys um, on the secret weapon. So Discord's going to find out about him tomorrow. If there was another guy for me to mention in the 6K range, I kind of like Roger Sloan. These are punts and Cameron Davis. They're both 6,500 and they're both under 5%. Um, and neither of them qualify as my potential uh, secret weapon play. So mm-hmm. I'll probably stop there. That's the 6K range. Hopefully you don't have to dip into it too much, but yeah, um, there's some there's some diamonds there. I do like Chesson quite a bit. Yeah, him and, and Sync uh, could definitely, <laughs> definitely do something, of course, and then the secret weapon. So make sure to hop into the Win Daily Sports Discord chat. It is free for three days, so you can at least get the secret weapon. It's also only 23 cents for the first month, where you then get the secret weapon, probably make at least one lineup that gives you more than a dollar back. I, I mean, like just listen to these guys. I do it. And all I do is listen to Sia and then read his article and then kind of go and say like, Hey, did I do this right? And you're like, no, I didn't say to play that guy. And I was like, Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> you said to play this guy. Uh, I correct myself and then I win money too. Um, so it's really, it's really not crazy guys. It's not rocket science. That's why we have people like Sia and Patrick and Steven and Antonio and Isaiah. Our team is incredible. And that's why we're, uh, we're here to help them for 23 cents get all the projections, you get all the articles, you get everything, man. And, and, and I'll admit, like, this doesn't happen every week necessarily, and nor should it. It's impossible to be good every single week. And I've been good with my outrights. I've been okay. I've been pretty good in DFS. But I'll tell you, some of our other writers who, again, are on Discord and who are also publishing articles, like last week, 
amazing and our subscribers too like like this last week in particular there were some like outright takedowns patrick had an outright takedown and i think the field was like in the hundreds of thousands he had like a a, a free roll he entered from from another like a oh, kind of competitor yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and they were gracious enough to have a free roll to their credit and patrick just waltzed in there with i think his single i think it was a single entry for him and he just took it out right and, mm -hmm. and won two grand on a free roll so and, and a lot of our other isaiah steven antonio like every a lot of subscribers were posted like this like this thing is working like this mm -hmm. like this train is like churning and so please get in there because you know and i'm hitting some outrights and and, and you know I'm, I'm hitting those matchup bets too and i'm doing okay in dfs too so like a lot of this is like really like generating steam right now so like now would be the time to get into discord to get to sign up read our articles and like figure out if it's working for you because it's working for a lot of people right now it's working for a lot of people right now. And you brought up the outrights and the you've talked a little bit about some outrights and some first round leaders. Let's get to those so people can that's where the people can make the real money. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, what's really important. Um, I wouldn't say it's more important this week, but matchups from a bankroll standpoint are really important, whether it's 72 hole matchups or just 18 hole matchups, whether it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, that's where I make most of my money. And that's mm -hmm. where, that's what gives me the ability to, to like put money on these outrights, which obviously don't hit at a super often yeah, pace. Yeah. <laughs> until recently where I was hitting them in like back to back yeah. weeks, but like that doesn't normally happen. And so like, those are more like those outright bets and first round leader bets are more like fun bets for me. So I can have like a quote thursday sweat or a sunday mm -hmm. sweat but like the matchups are really where you're going to make your money and generate the income that you can kind of like spread out to some of these these contests or these bets that aren't really necessarily as profitable so if you have a head-to-head -head and you're in discord just tell me like what your head-to-heads are i have friends that text me screenshots of their head because they're different on each site they, they mm -hmm. legitimately are different on each site so you I, I can't write an article on it if i don't know what your head-to-head -head is so yeah, exactly. please jump into discord and just tell me what your head-to-heads are or you know private message me or whatever it is. And, and I'll try to help you out because that, that really is a moneymaker for me, but I'll tell you what. Okay. So let's do three outrights and I'll give you, let's see, I, it looks like I have five first round leaders. Yeah. You know, with my outrights, I don't pick anything that's shorter than 30 mm -hmm. to one. I just yep. don't do that. I'll wait till Friday for some of those guys to, to fall to lower odds if they have a bad day. And then I'll hammer them then like a DJ or a cupcake or some or a Fina or somebody like that. So I'm starting at 30 to one or higher. Um, Harris English at 33 to one seems like pretty good value in this field. Um, keep in mind, he was really good on Sunday on a day where everybody was pretty much terrible and the wind was howling and the greens were super fast and the pin locations were in impossible places. I think English, I think he, he shot even par, which is like a miraculous, that, that's like the equivalent of shooting like a minus six on a day like that. I mean, I think the average was plus four on that day. So he was killing it. So he's, he's a good ball striker, but like, I think he's going to jump on this course and be like, man, this is easy compared to Sunday where I was also kind of killing it. So mm -hmm. I like him. Henley at 40 to one, you know, I might be a little bullish on Henley, like, you know, to have him in so many lineups in DFS, but I do think he's just kind of a hidden gem right now. And I think he's kind of one of those up and coming names. He's perfect for this course. And I'll go Richie Wierenski at 80 to one. I just think I've seen him compete. I've seen him like be among the top 10 on Sundays. Again, watered down field. I'm trying to get a guy when he's peaking, not when he's already peaked. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Richie Wierenski at 80 to one might actually be a decent play. Listen, it's 80 to one. I'm not yeah. calling my shots saying he's going to win necessarily, well, but well, I am, but I'm well, not. It, I was going to say, I, you're an 80 to one kind of guy. I, you know, I'm just it's saying. true. I'm an 80 and a 50 to one kind of guy. But like, listen, if you were going to pick an 80 to one shot, this guy has the moxie to actually mm -hmm. maybe pull it off for you. And then the final thing on golf, and then we'll move on to the NFL news, which I'm really excited about, is first round leader. I'll just give you a handful of them. Sam Burns. Again, that's the guy who can get get to, you know, get you your eagle opportunities. Mm -hmm. uh, 50 to one. 
Doc Redmond's 60 to one. Uh, Charlie Hoffman, I think, is interesting. His game is sort of fine, is, is, has found its way. And I, I remember years ago him like dominating first rounds and then just sort of tailing off. So him and Jonathan Vegas fit that mold, and they both happen to be in the 60 to 65 to one range. So Burns, Doc Redmond, Charlie Hoffman, Jonathan Vegas, and my last guy at 80 to one, 80 to one, is Scott Stallings, who typically. If he's going to have a good round, it's going to be early and it's going to be in that first round. And then he also will sort of tail off like some of these other guys do. So these are kind of like first round guys, not necessarily overall tournament guys. I love it. I love it. There you go, everybody. We just got all our DFS information out there, which more is still to come. Um, You know, one thing that we always preach here is tomorrow night around, I'd call it around twilight, you know, six o'clock, the sun start just starting to, you know, creep over the trees a little bit. I'm trying to paint a picture. I hope this is fun for you, Sia. And and then that's when I get this email, this glorious, beautiful email from our writer, Stephen, Stephen Pilardi, Sicily Kid, as we like to call him. And this gentleman has all of the information that you'll ever need on ownership data. It is insane. It's funny because I've seen other people be like, what do you mean that you don't know the ownership percentage of the Millie Maker? Or you don't know. And he's just like, I promise I'm I get pretty damn close every time. I actually think it was Nick. It was six picks. He was like, yeah, well, like on this website, it's this. And on this website, it's this. And he's like, I pay a lot of money to make sure this thing is right. And I think he was like almost 100 percent. It's like ridiculous. So the ownership percentages that guy gets is amazing. So on Wednesday, make sure to get his article, then hop into discord. Then we could talk it out. That way we can really know how do we get a little contrarian? Where do we make these GPP plays? Who are we doing for cash games? And of course, C is always there for betting. So it's incredible. Yeah, Steven gets he doesn't get his information from websites. Let's put it that way. And, and, and by the way, I'm not criticizing people who do that, but he he is working certain algorithms that he either creates or has access to or or, you know, consults with people who have that. And so that's where he's getting it from. And it's really kind of pinpoint. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes that stuff can make the difference, especially if you're playing the Millie Maker. I mean, you know, if it's a single entry contest and you happen to be off by three percentage points on, on a guy. He's 18% instead of 15%. It's not going to like kill you by any stretch of the imagination, but like, you know, those bigger GPPs, you kind of do want to know what the, what the actual mm-hmm. percentages are instead of what the sort of guesstimates or hypotheses are. And uh, Steven's got that for us. So that's pretty and cool. It is absolutely incredible. So we appreciate the hell out of him. Of course, yeah, we appreciate the hell out of you and your hair. I've gotten a lot of hair comments today um, from Austin and Zach. So we appreciate the both of you. <laughs> um, do they not have hair? I don't know. Is this like a thing? Poor guys. I well, Austin has hair. hair. He's been on the show before. Yeah, is it that much hair though, Austin? I, <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to see. But we appreciate everybody, of course, here on the Wind Daily Sports team. It is a blast. We have a lot of fun. And we're just so excited. The sports are actually coming back. Zach says he doesn't have hair, so that's why he always loves his hair comments too. We appreciate the hell out of you. By Zach. the way, nope. Zach, um, I think Zach wants to come on the show because he has he some does. NHL insight to give us. Yes. Right. And we're, we're starting in like a week. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have to we're going to have to work that out, get him on for at least like maybe 10 minutes or something and start yeah. chatting with us. I think NHL. I love NHL. It's just unfortunately, like the rest of the country doesn't really care. So I'm all in for it. I already told him I'd love to get him on. We can talk about it. We could we could see what's going on, especially with all the betting and all the the the, the weird and wacky tournament play that they're doing. They're pretty much just giving us an extra round of playoffs, which I'm 100 percent in on because there's nothing like hockey playoffs, man. I love mm-hmm. it. So um, it would be great. And Zach says it would be a dream come true. So Zach, um, we 
will make that dream come true right after C and I go to Disney World because I think that's open. But um, we can move on to the NHL. Or NHL, you got in my head, Zach. You got in my head. Uh, move on to the NFL news. So there's a couple. There's really just one thing that came down. Two things I think that are kind of important. Most likely, I think it was last night, uh, almost about 24 hours ago. Uh, Adam Schefter came out and said that the NFL has essentially agreed or will agree to a zero preseason, zero game preseason, which is you know weird when you say it out loud. But again, we kind of understand what the heck's going on. They're trying to limit as much as they can. I think there's some things they can do, like the Giants and the Jets could probably play each other, you know, that kind of stuff. But zero game preseason. And one thing we were going to talk about a couple weeks ago before our show, uh, we just had so much fun, we never got to it was these rookies and what we feel and what we think. I mean, again, we're seeing it be the trend that teams barely even play anybody that would be a starter. I mean, we've seen the Rams do it for a few years. It's worked once. It didn't really work a couple of times. So it's definitely starting to become a trend and it's starting to make more sense. And you save bodies. There's no injuries that way. But with rookies, I mean, game, there's nothing like game speed. I know they practice hard. They do a lot of stuff. So we wanted to go over just some of these rookies that we may have been high on or may have been not so high on but now again with like we don't know what training camp's going to look like right now it's limited to about 80 players so it's actually getting cut a little bit so it's it's going to get really weird so first off let's talk about the zero preseason game schedule how do you think that just affects the nfl overall i feel like this is going to be the sloppiest season we've seen since like the replacement ref season yeah, and it makes me sort of curious as to how strong I'm going to be with my week one lines. Because there was a mm-hmm. few week one lines I really liked. The Lions minus two at home, at home, which doesn't mean much, mm-hmm. against doesn't the Bears. Mean. It could be anywhere. I would still like the Lions minus two against the Bears week one. Um, the Steelers, I believe, were giving four to the Giants at New York. Um, and then what was the other one I liked? I'm trying. Oh, well, you know, one I was monitoring was the Rams were plus two and a half against the Cowboys. I think that was like a Sunday night or Monday night game. But so those lines, all of a sudden now I have to really call into question whether I want to lay money on week one, because, you know, we don't the biggest problem is to me is the offensive lines. Like we don't know how the offensive lines are really going to be working. I guess in training camp they will, but they're not going to get any sort of game action. And then the rhythm between the quarterback and the wide receivers in particular, I feel like what we're going to see, by the way, if we're trying to look for a betting edge, you know, I kind of like the unders because I just think that it's going to be a lot of like just getting your legs under you and just like, dumbing down the playbook and you know just like some quick some quick hitters with the passing game and a lot of running a lot of clock you know management that kind of thing so you know you know the unders actually the over-unders might actually be affected right now because of what's going on but i would probably hit some some unders like even some of those like high-flying games like the texans are playing the chiefs for example which by the way i liked it the texans plus 10 and then chris jones signed and now i'm Mm -hmm. off of that but that that over-under was like in the mid-50s from what i recall so, you know, that's another – I'll just like kind of be on all the unders, I guess. But, you know, th- I think I think you're right. The first two to three weeks are going to be really sloppy and really mm-hmm. penalty-filled, and we're just going to have to live with that. I mean, if that's the price we pay, that's fine. Obviously, what we don't yeah. want is a te- an entire team to get COVID, and then we're like, oh, I guess they have to cancel this game. I, so mm-hmm. that's what I'm worried about. I'm not worried about the no preseason. Um, outside of the fantasy implications, I'm not worried about the no preseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's I think it's just going to be real sloppy. Um, you know, we see teams usually at least work out some of the kinks. You know, I feel bad 
I guess. I don't know. Mostly because I'm a Giants fan. But for any first year head coach or any new head coach of a team, Ron Rivera on the Washington Football Club, I think we'll just call it Washington FC at this point. But, um, you know, I think those those teams are going to have trouble. You brought up the offensive lines. We'll be talking about that in a little bit. And a couple weeks ago when I was still on Sirius, I wasn't there this last weekend because, you know, I have this mustache now. But <laughs> it was, um, you know, we spoke about that. We spoke about, hey, like, is there a point in taking any of the overs at this point? Like it, you can't really call any of them a safe bet. We have to see what Vegas does. If they take move any of the over unders on, on season totals um, for players specifically, you know, Drew Brees, I think was 4,300. Now we have Nick's 80 model, but even he come out, came out and says like, Hey, this is, this might not be the best year to debut something now because we don't know what the hell is going to look like. You know, we don't know what the travel schedule is going to look like. That's the only thing now road games are just, well, you had to travel a couple hours, I guess. Like, that's the only thing that changes. So it's going to be weird. But as you said, if that's the price we pay, I'm in. I'm still going to yeah. watch all the football I can. Sunday from 1 to, I guess, like 9, I'll watch football, drive into the city, do the radio show while finishing that that um, Sunday night game, talk about all those football games, and then drive home. So if that's what I have to do, I'm in. I'm 100 yeah, percent. So that would be great. It. Who I feel bad about is the other thing that sort of came down is these training camps are going to be limited to 80 players. Mm-hmm. So it, normally it's like in the in the 90s where you're you're yeah. starting your training camp with. So that's really unfortunate for a lot of these undrafted free agents and a lot of these like seventh round picks that, you know, I, I guess the seventh round picks are going to be invited to camp, of course, but like their likelihood of making the team, I just feel yeah. like they're just going to get so so much you so like the opportunities just aren't going to be there for them. Mm-hmm. Like that's just the bottom line. And and like there's there's even guys from like D one double A schools that that Bob by the way should have gotten drafted but didn't get drafted because they didn't get to have a pro day or something mm-hmm. like that. But yeah. they managed to make it on a team because somebody had the foresight to like bring them in because they saw their D one double. And I'm I'm referring actually to some James Madison guys. I know there's this one guy with the Ravens. Daka is his last name, and he's a absolute machine. He had a ton of sacks. D one double A. He's an NFL player, but. We don't know if he's ever going to get the shot. And the real problem with the NFL is if you miss your window, if if your window comes and goes, you typically don't get that opportunity again because there's an influx of new talent that comes in that very next year. So it's just it's just one of those things where I really wish at the very least like the XFL would work out or something yeah. like that so that these guys can be like, all right, here's my opportunity that I can prove myself for a year like some of these guys actually did in some of these offshoot leagues and make their way back into the NFL. But that's really like, you know, when you think of hard knocks, for example, like you see all those guys that are like nobodies and all of a sudden they make the roster. Like how many opportunities are we going to get this year with no preseason games and a limited number of players coming into training camp? It's really unfortunate. It's going to be wacky. It's going to be weird. I do feel bad for those dudes. Again, they literally put their entire life into this sport. And just because of this weird disease, uh, some some of them are just never going to get a shot again. It really does suck. As you said with the XFL, it kind of it was doing all right. It was definitely, in my opinion, going to make it to another year, whether it was a good product or not. People were enough people were watching it. But that's a that's another conversation for last like March. Um, <laughs> but let's uh, let's talk about some of these rookies a little bit. So you wrote a couple down. I wrote a couple down. Um I'll I'll ask you the questions about yours, and then you can ask me about Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs. So mm-hmm. DeAndre Swift, you, uh, you say you're not downgrading him. Now I have to ask: Is that because he was never upgraded? No, it's I like I like DeAndre Swift more than most people, and you know I like the Detroit Lions more than most people, mm-hmm. and I've never been big on on Johnson. So so when the industry was there, was some people in the industry who shall remain nameless that were like really big on on Johnson last year, and. 
I guess it could have come true. I mean, he did get injured in their defense, but he never really like popped to me coming out of college. Swift pops to me. Swift is good in all aspects of the game. He catches a lot of balls, which I think a Detroit running back, don't, don't forget those days of like Theo Riddick catching like seven balls. And he'd, in a PPR league, he'd like sort of make your year mm-hmm. because you could put him in your flex spot and all that stuff. So Swift catches it. He caught a lot of balls at Georgia. He's, he's a great runner, and I think he's going to be elite relative to carry on Johnson. They have other guys there like Scarborough and some mm-hmm. of those guys, but they're not yeah. going to take Swift. They invested high capital, draft capital in Swift. So I like Swift. Of all the rookies, uh, rookie running backs, he's the only one I'm not downgrading because I don't think his competition is really there. And I think Detroit, also I think Detroit is uh, uh, an offense that's on the rise in mm-hmm. every aspect, at receiver, at quarterback with Stafford back, and their offensive line is slightly improved. So I just really like that team. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, I don't like DeAndre Swift that much. I kind of never had him upgraded. But I mean, compared to every other backfield that has a rookie running back, and we'll get to Cam Akers in a second, he might be the only one that is like kind of the clear cut. Like, yeah, I don't think Carryon Johnson's very good either. Uh, And yeah, Bo Scarborough couldn't make the Jaguars. So there's a reason he made it to the Lions. So it is what it is. Alabama legend, Bo Scarborough, by the way. But uh, yeah, it's it's very interesting. It's very interesting. I I don't think I agree with you there, but I I see you make some very valid points. And I appreciate that about you. So uh, that's all I got. Um, (laughs) Moving on, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You've... uh, been touting the downgrading him for a while as you said already outside of all these running backs or the swift is the only one you're not downgrading nick did come on and said hey like kansas city running backs they don't really aren't asked to pass block as much as you'd think I'll, I'll i'll lean with nick he's watched way more film than i will ever in my entire life and that's why i appreciate the hell out of him is there something else that is again taking you away from him because man he i think he's gonna look so good in this offense the only reason I don't absolutely hate Clyde Edwards Hilaire from a fantasy standpoint is because they invested such a high pick in him. If, if he was a second or a third round pick instead of where they drafted him, I'd be like, this is Damian Williams show until it's not Damian Williams show. And I think we sort of forget that Damian Williams was really good running and catching. And by the way, should have been the Super Bowl MVP, but we know we always give those to quarterbacks. Yeah. Listen, Williams was so good in that game on so many different plays. And let's be real about Mahomes. He wasn't good until the fourth quarter. And by the way, he wasn't good until about six minutes and 42 six seconds minutes, left. In the fourth yep. quarter. So, I mean, like, I understand we always have to give it to the QB. He's the superstar, but that was Damian Williams MVP trophy. That was basically stolen from him. I just think Damian Williams is a pretty good running back and I'm not sure Clyde Edwards. So listen, we have a lot of running backs that were really good in college. A lot of Alabama running backs too. And I understand mm-hmm. this is an LSU guy, but yeah. that were really good in college, but partly good because, there were so many weapons on the field and the field was so spread out and the threat of the pass was so significant that these guys were running in space. I'll give you an example, Trent Richardson. When I saw Trent Richardson at Bama, his lateral quickness and his movement, it, to me, it was off the charts. What I didn't realize at the time is he was doing that basically in space and he was doing it in space. So it kind of like fooled my my brain a little bit. And I was like, well, okay, yeah, this looks really good. But then when you get him in a smaller space, and by the way, Clyde Edwards Hilaire doesn't exactly run a speedy 40. Mm -hmm. So I I almost, I'm not saying Clyde Edwards Hilaire is Trent Richardson, but I think we need to be really careful about how good we think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is. Now, the good news for him is Kansas City has a similar sort of weaponry that LSU had. But again, what what's to, who's to say that Damon Williams isn't going to be exploiting that weaponry, especially when you consider no preseason games. So I'm just not sure I would invest the type of pick that people are investing in Clyde Edwards Hilaire 
I'm way off for that. I, and I'm I'm fully committed to the the idea of taking Damian Williams later in a fifth or sixth round or whenever he's going and just letting them have Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'll go ahead and start out 4-0 because he's getting most of the reps. And then I'll unload him as trade bait in week four before he gets his job stolen from him. And I'm good Savage. to go. Savage. See, I love that. Screw over everybody in your league. They deserve it, idiots. Uh, right? No, I agree with you. I agree with you on all of that. Um, I do think Edward Slayer is going a little high. I don't have his ADP in front of me right now, but I do agree with you. He's go. I think he's going a little high. I do think Damian Williams is going to get more carries than people think. I, I think the pick was just, hey, let's give Patrick Mahomes more toys. Let's see what happens. I mean, the offense was absolutely insane the last three years, but when Kareem Hunt was there the last two years. I'm sorry. When Kareem Hunt was there, they were better than when Damian Williams was there. It's not even a question. And, you know, I think I'm not going to compare Kareem Hunt to uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Kareem Hunt won the rushing title. Let's never forget that. That dude won the rushing title and is now the number two back on a team, which is just crazy to me. Uh, but contract year for Kareem Hunt. Contract year, baby. Let's get it. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting and I'm I'm excited to see. I do agree with you though. I think he's not getting he's getting a little too much respect and Williams is getting a little too less respect. Williams was also a little bit of a bust last year. I think he was also overdrafted. So people were getting him in like the second round. He definitely did not have second round town um, you know, uh, output, unfortunately, but as a at running back, he was pretty good. He had some good games. He had some bad games. But, I mean, obviously during the playoffs is when it counts for real, not for, for fantasy. So I think that's what people uh, will remember about him. So that is, that's fantastic there. How about Jonathan Taylor? Uh, we have Marlon Mack. We have Phillip Rivers. Got Michael Pittman coming in from um, USC, if I'm not mistaken, onto the Colts. The Colts are going to be an interesting offense. And as we'll talk in a little bit, their offensive line is pretty freaking fantastic, too. So yeah. how do you how do you feel about Jonathan Taylor and I guess more of a two headed back system? What do you what do you think that they're going to do there for the Colts? You mentioned Pittman, by the way. I think he's getting too much steam. He seems to be like a rookie fantasy darling. I'm, I'm not I'm not with that. That's a that's a subject for another time. I think I got him super late in one draft and I was very grateful about it, but yeah, I'm not well, trying super to late's fine. Yeah, exactly. I got him like the 13th round or something, some crazy number. And I already had everyone else figured out, but yeah, you're right. That's, that's another argument for another time. Back to Jonathan Taylor. So this is a classic case of, of, of where no preseason and limited training camp is probably going to hurt a running back. So this, this is like the classic case. I think Jonathan Taylor is better than Marlon Mack, but I think Marlon Mack, is a very adequate running back. And I think he's mm -hmm. going to get most of the reps the first few weeks. I mean, it could be like a 70-30 split at worst for Marlon Mack. That's how I see that the actual carries mm -hmm. going. So if you're, again, if you're going to start off, like I'm really big on quick starts because it gives you so much leverage in year-long fantasy. I'm not talking about DFS right now. Year-long fantasy football, if you can start out 4-0 or 3-1, now you're really in a good spot because you can take advantage of those teams that are 1-3 or 0-4 that are like kind of desperate So with trades and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So I'm really big on trying to get that early start, and Jonathan Taylor is just not going to do that for you. Yeah. Uh, as talented as he is. Yeah, I think he is incredibly talented if you're doing Dynasty, if you're doing best ball, if you're doing something else, uh, if you can get him later. But I think he's going too early for you to, uh, you know, he can't be your RB2. I, I do agree with you. Marlon Mack's not, uh, you say adequate, he's pretty good. I mean, he's outside good. of you're last right. year when he got hurt, like their offense, they were they were humming. And then Marlon Mack gets hurt. They can't run the ball. He comes back. He still kind of sucks. And the offense is terrible. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like running game is necessity as much as we don't care about running backs. 
they're an absolute necessity and it's pretty disappointing and i think that's another pretty big case on that and philip rivers might play into that too philip mm-hmm. rivers is the ultimate veteran right now just from a, a pedigree standpoint and he'll probably want he probably yeah he'll probably want the you know the the veteran running back back there instead of the guy by the way jonathan taylor had fumble problems at wisconsin let's mm-hmm. not forget that i mean yep. you know i was I, I think i was when we were on serious this weekend with when i was on serious this weekend with jason i recalled jonathan taylor's fumble issues and then i i should say i noted it and then i recalled the year this is before i like just started rolling everybody in fantasy football it was some time ago in my vegas league where i drafted at the nine spot cj spiller that was the year he was supposed to bust out with the bills and then on the on the turn i drafted david wilson now you're a giants fan you probably remember that year it was david wilson's rookie year i believe Mm -hmm. he actually um it was sunday night football against the cowboys he fumbled twice in the first half and he was actually kind of crying on the sideline because he just felt so miserable and i felt just as miserable because i had cj spiller and david wilson for the entire year so i digress but i'm just noting the jonathan taylor fumble problems like do you really want to put that guy in right away and and by the way if you do what if he fumbles like why wouldn't you just go back to marlon Mack? so i think taylor needs time yeah. And, and I think because it is going to be such a big split again, you can't rely on him. You know, you're just going to have to hope for touchdowns at that point, And that's going to mm-hmm. be pretty difficult to do, especially again, with not knowing everything. Now, again, we'll talk about their offensive line in a minute, but they have a pretty damn good one. So it is what it is. Um, let's talk about JK Dobbins, two more wide or, uh, running backs here. We got JK Dobbins in a crowded backfield. Lamar Jackson's like running back six on his own. Uh, so it's kind of difficult to find those rushing yards, even though he did it last year. I mean, I know you're downgrading him again, but but why? So uh, this backfield is so crowded. I mean, that, that that's that's why. I mean, why would you roll out J.K. Dobbins now when you have Mark Ingram probably in the last year of his contract? Yeah. I mean, he technically has two years, but they can get out of it after this year. You have Gus Edwards, who's who's adequate. That's I'll use the Rutgers, word adequate again. Let's and go. There you go. There you go. And then you have Justice Hill behind him. Justice Hill is no like slouch. I mean, he's only been there legal. This is going to be his second year, I believe. Like this guy's a legitimate running back potentially he, he he would have been he's torn his acl like two or three times now it's that's so fair he was so incredible at oklahoma state but yeah i think he he finally tore it again and it's just it sucks man but he that's fair so you might be right but but again if you're talking about early starts i just don't yeah. see jk dobbins getting the workload that you you would want now if you're in a dynasty league jk dobbins and jonathan taylor you should be jumping at them in my opinion i would take jonathan taylor ahead of clyde edwards hilaire in a dynasty league but that's not what we're talking about we're talking about mm-hmm. year long and then we're talking about maybe the first four or five weeks of daily fantasy i just don't see the production there to to merit uh, a pick and uh zach just brought up somebody and now i'm kind of curious how many rushing yards do you think rg3 gets this year Okay, so I think RG3 is the best quarterback on the Ravens, by the way. Pure quarterback, arm talent only. I think RG3 is the best quarterback, but he doesn't run anymore, nor should he. Nor should he. Um, I don't really think he should throw the ball too much anymore, and there's a reason for that too. But um, gotta love it, gotta love it. So this one's really interesting. Uh, It was said today, Mr. Sean McVay, um, McVay, as some people like to call him. Shout out, my friend, right? Um, He said they are going to go with a running back by committee. There's four of them there. Akers, uh, Henderson, Malcolm Brown, John Kelly. I don't even know who John Kelly is. They have a bunch of running backs there. Everyone just assumed it was Akers' job because Henderson had looked completely incapable last year if they drafted him in the third round, I think. Uh, Malcolm Brown's just kind of a dude. He does some things sometimes, and he's not really that great. And again, I don't even know who the hell John Kelly is, so you can educate me if you'd like. But everyone just kind of assumed it was Cam Akers. And uh, I, don't, I guess either Sean McVay saw something or they realized something. And he's like, well, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. Hot hand, hot hand. So do, do, you, are, do you take that? Like, or, do you, or is he just trying to blow smoke at us? 
Oh, he's blowing smoke for the sake of his running backs. He he wants all the running backs to know, hey, you got a fair shot. It's not going to be this rookie coming in. And, you know, I guess that's possible that Henry, I mean, John Kelly's not taking that job. I mean, he he had some, there was some talk that he had some upside. A lot of people were like grabbing him in fantasy when Gurley was getting injured, you know, because they thought maybe he'd jump Daryl Henderson and, and, uh, and Malcolm mm-hmm. Brown, but that's not really a thing. You're right. So I think he's just trying to make sure his, his running backs are happy and they know. And, and if I was a coach, I would be doing the same thing, by the way. Why would I indicate that a rookie is getting the job over these veterans? That's like the worst thing you can do to any veteran in the locker room, whether they're running back or not, is to be like, yeah, I'm handing the, the, the ball to the rookie and you, there's no competition here. So that's all that is. It's ironic that McVay is saying that, by the way, because he's the guy that was kind of only successful. Now, let's give him credit. He's a smart guy, but he was only successful because that offense ran directly through Gurley do not pass go it was Gurley all the time and if it didn't run through Gurley everything fell apart like we noticed Mm -hmm. last year when he was injured so it's funny to me that he's like oh yeah that running back by committee thing that they do in San Francisco that seems like a good idea that's total BS he's going to pick his running back that running back is likely going to be Cam Akers I'm absolutely huge on Cam Akers this year I do give him maybe a bit of a downgrade, but I'm still going to be overdrafting him in terms of of where I get him versus where his uh, his projection is. Mm-hmm. And I respect the hell out of that. I I agree with you. I don't think again what we saw from Henderson last year. Again, Malcolm Brown is a you know a backup's backup. Like he's the, he's a good guy to have. He'll score a couple touchdowns. He'll get I don't know 500 yards. It'll be perfect. But I don't think there's any shot. It, it, it's Cam Akers' job. It's his to lose. If he wants it, he's going to go out and take it. And I think that's really all it comes down to. I agree. It's just a lot of smoke. But I saw some funny things on Twitter today, which definitely made me laugh a little bit. And just, I will quickly go over. I think Jerry Judy is still going to be great. And I think Henry Ruggs, he's had a weird offseason. Take the under on the 740. I, I, I went in on that over 740. I'm off of it now. So, so fade me on that um, or double fade me, whatever. Double Jeopardy. <laughs> double jeopardy so we'll figure out how that goes there so let's quickly do you want to talk about offensive line for a second uh yes i mean you know what this is this is probably a better topic i covered it a little bit on serious this weekend but i do want to do a deep dive and Mm -hmm. you know we can do this sort of uh together you know on serious like well with jason but you know on Mm -hmm. separate days or whatever but but the, the reason i wanted to talk about offensive lines at all is because we don't have a preseason so who are we leaning on for teams to come out firing like just just from week mm-hmm. one forward? It's going to be the teams that have good leadership and not or and good offensive lines. And by good offensive lines, I mean offensive lines that have played together in the past or have largely mm-hmm. played together in the past. And so on here, I just noted a few, frankly, that had like all five guys coming back or four or five guys coming back who also have like you know a good team around them so Mm -hmm. teams that if you were looking to bet somebody early or somebody to just kind of like not have to worry about the first few weeks sort of flailing it's these teams yeah and i and i like that um so yeah let's let's secret weapon this do you want a secret weapon it make sure let's Let's make people listen to us on serious uh i like that fantasy sports channel 210 slash 87 uh we are on 11 to 1 p.m to a.m but you can find us on demand so you can listen to me saturday night if you'd like you know stay up late maybe have a cocktail or two or you know if you're at a bachelor party make a mustache and then if you're not you can you know i mean i'm usually not up that late so it's kind of funny but uh yeah just listen to us on demand the next day and then same thing hang out with CA late night and then hang out with CA next morning. What's up? So I've got a, a proposition for you. So, and for everybody listening, so a, a couple things are happening. I'll give you an example from last Saturday, but a couple things are happening with sports that you are just going to be destined to stay up late for the next, I don't know, six months. Okay. Yes. With, with the NFL and with NHL and NBA and MLB all colliding, obviously NFL is after this, but like 
there are going to be those like, I mean, there's games all day, all night. And, and there's going to be some, you know, in the NBA, it's a little different because they're on the East, they're on the East coast. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how late those games are going to go necessarily, but like even major league soccer, I'll give you an example last Saturday. So just a few days ago, uh, or I should say, yeah, it was last Saturday. So I had the show 11 to one on both days. Cause mm-hmm. you were growing your mustache Thank you. and, um, it was the L, uh, LAFC, LA Football Club and Major League Soccer versus um, the LA Galaxy. And the game started at 1030, okay? So long story short, I got a tip from my buddy. We'll call him uh, Jeff McGrath because that's his name. Yeah, and very specific. It, it is. Um, that's just going to be a running joke that's not funny anymore, but I'm just going to do it I every time. It. So uh, he gave me a tip. I, I, gave, I, I gave it to, to a friend named John Norell because – that's his name. That's his name. And so we all started watching the game. The point is soccer is kind of brutal to watch sometimes. I mean, if we're just being honest, you know, we're a sports network, but like, I mean, it's, it can be tough, especially there was no fans, whatever, but it was entertaining because we had money on it. But the point is that was a perfect time. The game started at 1030. Our show started at 11. It was a perfect time to mute soccer because why? And throw on your earbuds or whatever it is and listen to us myself on Sirius XM. So that is, you know, there's going to be all kinds of, whether it's NHL or NBA, there's going to be all kinds of opportunities where you're going to have to stay up late. So instead of listening to the announcers who you're going to say the same thing, they always say, listen to us on Sirius XM fantasy sports channel. How about that? Well, I'm sure there's something better to watch than MLS, but yeah, when everything starts running a little bit, I, I totally agree with you. I was watching MLS a couple Saturdays ago, I guess we'll call it two Saturdays ago. And man, they were literally just falling on top of themselves. Like I watched a little Bundesliga, watched them a little EPL. And, you know, my, my soccer friends who are kind of snobs, um, they're not lying when they say the MLS is bad, man. It's uh, it's pretty bad. But a friend of my, uh, a friend of a friend of mine uh, plays for the Red Bulls. So we thought it'd be cool to watch him and uh, drink some beer, I guess. So that was, that was something. No money though. I'll, uh, I'll ask you about John McGrath next time. And uh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff McGrath. Jeff, yeah. Because? Yeah uh that's because that's his name uh good news you don't have you don't have to do a grid of death uh yes. marathon for mispronouncing jeff mcgrath's name thank god good news um, i would do another one if i had to mr coat if you're out there i would do another one. Oh, um, uh real quick uh chris cody actually texted me earlier today um if you'd give me a broom i can sweep up all these names i'm dropping but he he texted me right before the show and he said uh he said the marlins are gonna win the east and i just assumed he was kidding and i so i texted him back and i said you're joking, right? And he said, yes, but not really. I think the team's better than people think, and it's a shortened season. Anybody can win, and I actually agree with that sentiment in, in terms of the theory itself. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. I, I think the Orioles are going to lose less than uh, – are going to win less than 20 games. I like that under, but maybe the Marlins yeah. over win totals is the play. I don't know. That is an interesting one. Um, we have to ask – so if if the Marlins don't win the East, he has to run back the Fast and the Furious Marathon and has to do it in 24 hours. No bullshit 48. Like 48 hours would have been so easy, dude. Are you kidding me? We could have banged out like one through four at like five o'clock in the afternoon, you know, just done all that and then does the rest. No, 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 no. He's going to have to run it back. Text him that. Let him know. And, That's how <laughs> and he, has to, he has to watch it with a friend and he has to close it with a handshake because that's yes. critical. You have to finish with a handshake because <laughs> that's what two gentlemen do when they finish 17 and a half hours of Fast and the Furious. So there was some baseball stuff we were going to talk about, um, some over-unders, but honestly, it's a long show already. We had some fun with it. One thing I will say moving forward, we will be doing live streams at least Monday through Friday moving forward for MLB and for NHL. Uh, damn, Zach got me with NHL again. Damn you, Zach. Maybe a little NHL too, but um, NBA and MLB, we will be having live streams moving forward every single day. You'll probably see 
me on a lot of them because man, do I love to be on the camera. We're going to have Nick. We're going to have Ghost, um, Sticks. Both of them are named Nick, so I guess we kind of have to figure that out. Uh, obviously, JT is going to be on for some of them, so we're very, very excited. That's where we're going to be talking a lot of baseball. Our good friend Brian, our good friend Adam. We're going to have all these dudes on there. They're going to be t- teaching us about betting. They're going to be telling us about DFS. Like Sia does every day, every day with golf, these dudes are going to help us out with some MLB and some N- uh, NBA. Damn it, Zach. You almost got me again. This oh, RG3. All right, it's out. I said it. It's out of my system. We're good. But um, yes, make sure to tune in. Tomorrow night, we're going to be doing a little NBA. Uh, then Thursday is when we start the live streams for the MLB. We're going to do Thursday. We're going to do Friday. We're going to do Saturday. We're going to do Sunday because, hey, it's the first weekend of baseball. We're going to get it. And I'm very excited. And as you said, um, 4 o'clock on Fridays when the Mets start, and I think the Dodgers finish at like a 10 15 game i am 1 million percent staying up and watching every single second of baseball that i can that day i have two tvs in my living room haven't even needed to turn the second one on in the last six months so he's probably very happy he's getting turned back on so i I will tell you this um with my wife in the other room who who can't hear me at least i hope she can't um i've already drawn up she she could be watching though right uh she should be watching she might be watching yeah Um, never watched this either so the point is, you know, I'm an attorney, right? <clears throat> attorney drop. And uh, I'm drawing up the divorce papers now because there is no way this marriage can survive with four sports colliding at the same time. Four major sports okay. colliding. Like, I, I don't see how it's possible, right? I mean, I, I may as well protect myself and draw up the papers and, you know. Yeah, she you're, makes, you're, the guy, you're the guy to do that, right? Should she make more money than you? Were you about to say n- well, I, I don't want to say that because she's at home right now with the, the two small kids, but but she owns more stuff than I do. Let's put it that way. Like she's been a very okay. successful person in her life. So it's it's certainly possible that um she should be drawing up papers, if you will. Mm, but yeah, I just yeah. I just feel like I need to protect my interests here and and so, you know, I don't know if this is going to survive. Uh, it's just going to be, it's going to be a tough climb. I'm going to be watching TV nonstop and I'm going to be all like happy and sad with all my like DraftKings and FanDuel mm-hmm. sweats and my, my outright picks. And it's already like tumultuous with golf, like with all these other sports coming back. I don't know, man. I don't know if, I don't know if we can handle it. Especially with basketball being like every day, one to like 11, yeah, one to like 12. It's going to be incredible, man. There's it's no way be- out. You're on the road a lot. You have Sirius XM Radio, which you can listen to Sia and myself Saturdays and Sundays, 11 to 1 p.m. to a.m. to 10.87. You can, Jason's there too. Again, sorry guys about this last Thursday. I, I didn't, it wasn't on purpose. It does stuff, that stuff just happens. Um, shout out to Mrs. Najad. Um, sounds like she's doing pretty well for herself. Not only does she have Sia, She's got a lot of stuff too. So good for her. And uh, yeah, that's that's about all I got. See, it. this was a, a great show. I was a little I was a little tired. I'm not going to lie. I'm not fully myself. I'm kind of recovering. Uh, again, Wednesday to Sunday is a long weekend. Um, I don't know how many beer I drank. I lost count. So that's a good thing, I think. That was the idea. But this was incredible. And I, I'm so grateful to be back in your arms uh, across well, the computers. Well, Michael, it's a good thing I like to talk a lot and like to hear myself talk because um, I was able to carry you today. Yes. Yeah, I uh, appreciate so you. You're, you know, you're welcome. Being, um, yeah, putting me on your back, buddy. But thank you to everybody over here for us at Win Daily Sports. Again, 23 cents for all of our projections, all of our articles, all of the Discord, which is absolutely fantastic. Um, I'm sorry, I'm reading text messages from Nick right now. And it seems like he's half in the bottle as well um 23 cents for all of that stuff you get it all you get Sia, you get me we're here for fun we're here for free you guys can get that all the time but just hang out right just come hang out with us win a lot of money 
have a lot of fun. I don't see any reason to do it. Why not to do it? So for the record, this is really for the record. uh, Again, this is the attorney speak, of course, your honor. Uh, Thank you. This is a good group of guys. And hopefully me and Michael are somewhat represented, but like, this is a really good group of guys. We're not just like, I mean, it's just, it's just a very different atmosphere at Wendaily specifically. So come hang out, man. Come hang out. 23 cents. What more can we say? So, Oh, well, see ya. Working Eagles, Ravens, Bills, and Falcons fans find you on the internet. Thank you for asking. Uh, Josh Allen is terrible. Matt Ryan is average. And you can find me at Sienajad, S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. And Philadelphia is a trash city. I am at Michael Raziel <laughs> one For Sia, for myself, I hope you all make it a very profitable night.